Welcome everyone to another History Force podcast episode. I'm your host Stefan and in today's episode I'm going to talk about the importance, causes and consequences of the Battle of Delium, which represents one of the major turning points of the Peloponnesian War. A major war fought between the forces of Sparta, Athens and not last the Boeotian League. The decisive battle was fought between the Athenian army under the command of the strategoi Hippocrates and the forces of the Boeotian League under the leadership of the brilliant commander called Pagondas. The Boeotian League was the most important Spartan ally outside the Pel- Peloponnesian peninsula. After achieving some remarkable victories against Sparta early in the war, Athens suddenly shifted its attention against its most important, the most important Spartan ally, meaning the Boeotian League. The Athenians hoped that by knocking out the Boeotian League out of the war, they wanted to isolate Sparta and force them to the negotiation talks, thus quickly ending the war. The result was the Battle of Delium, where the Athenian plan backfired. Some historical context for this important battle of the Peloponnesian War. At the beginning of the war, both Sparta and Athens developed different strategies for winning the war. While the Spartan strategy was simply to invade and pillage rural Attica every year in an attempt to provoke the Athenian forces into an open battle, the Athenians created a more elaborate strategy. By fortifying inside their city walls and using their naval supremacy, the Athenians started to raid the main ports, cities and colonies of the Peloponnesian Peninsula, which was mainly controlled by Sparta. This allowed the Athenian forces to achieve remarkable victories against the Spartans at Pylos and Spacteria in 425 BC. By winning these battles, the Athenians not only gained a foothold in the Peloponnese, from which they can raid directly the entire peninsula, but also knocked out the Spartan morale. In 424 BC, another Athenian force obtained another major victory by capturing the strategically important port city of Citera. You may wonder why the capture of Citera was so important. First, Cythera was located exactly south of the Laconian coast, so its location was very good for organizing future raids against the Spartans. Secondly, the the port city guarded the important trade routes for the goods coming from Africa, so it had a vital economic importance. With the Athenian victories at Philos, Spacteria and Citera meant that the Spartans were now kept in check and the Athenians gained the upper hand in this phase of the war. Emboldened by the crucial victories against the Spartans, the Athenians turned their attention 
against the most important ally of the Spartans outside Peloponnese, the Boeotian League. The result will be the Battle of Delium. The Battle of Delium, now few words about the Athenian strategy. Military victories against the Spartans at Pylos, Bacteria and Cythera allowed the Athenians to shift their attention and concentrate their forces for a major military land campaign. With the Spartans now at the mercy of the Athenian naval raids, the overconfident leaders of Athens considered that it was the best time to attempt to eliminate one of the major key allies of Sparta, the Boeotian League. You may wonder why Athens suddenly turned its attention from Sparta towards the Boeotian League and decided to offer battle in an open field. First, the Boeotians were supplying the Spartan invasions of Attica. Secondly, and probably most importantly, the Athenians hoped to quickly get rid of a second battlefront. Facing both the Spartans and the Boeotians at the same time will not result in a quick victory. And like any important general, doing a battle on two fronts is a costly endeavor. Lastly, the Athenians hoped that by crushing the Boeotian League they could convert the Boeotian cities to democratic regimes that would support further war efforts against Sparta. During the summer of the year 424 BC, the Athenian strategoi, Demosthenes and Hippocrates received news from democratic factions inside the Boeotian cities that they would rise up and organize a rebellion if the Athenians would come to their aid. According to historian Thucydides, the leader of the democratic coup from Boeotia was a Theban exile by the name of Ptoedorus. The campaign plan which resulted from this negotiation, though ingenious and very elaborate, was very ambitious at the same time. The Athenian plan involved the synchronizing of three major attacks. Two of these attacks were to be led by the Athenian leaders Demosthenes and Hippocrates. Demosthenes was entrusted with leading a naval expeditionary force against the south of Boeotia, while Hippocrates was responsible for the land operations. The third attack was to be organized from within the Boeotian cities by the democratic dissidents slash rebels. If successful, the rebellion will facilitate the overthrow of the oligarchic regimes and the quick occupation of the enemy cities by both Demosthenes and Hippocrates' forces. The key to the success of this major Athenian campaign were synchronization and the element of surprise. Demosthenes' invasion force, which consisted of 400 hoplites and some troops from Athenian allied city-states, will seize the, the town of Sipai from the Gulf of Crissa, southern part of Boeotia. The attack will be supported by the rebels inside the city. At the same time, democratic faction inside the city of Keronia will stage a rebellion, overthrow the oligarchic regime and occupy the city. Hippocrates will support these attacks by mar marching with the main Athenian army 
at the temple of Apollo, near the city of Delium, and fortify it. Once the temple of Apollo was occupied, Hippocrates' forces will start building fortifications and convert Delium into an outpost for future raids into Boeotia. It was assumed that even if the democratic revolutions didn't have the expected success, at least Delium will serve as a military base for future raids against the Boeotian League cities and countryside. The Athenians choose the three-pronged attack strategy so they can force the Boeotian League army to spread on multiple fronts, thus preventing the main forces from concentrating their efforts. Unfortunately for Athens, Demosthenes and Hippocrates failed to synchronize their attacks. Due to a misunderstanding according to Greek historian Thucydides, Demosthenes and his forces set sail earlier and arrived at their destination too soon. More importantly, the element of surprise, so vital for this operation, was lost. According to the same Greek historian, the Athenian conspiracy and invasion plans were discovered by the Spartans with the help of a Phocian by the name of Nicomachus. Realizing how crucial this information was, the Spartans quickly informed their Boeotian allies about the plot, while also making sure that the Athenians didn't learn that their plans were discovered. Without knowing, the Athenians were walking right into a trap. The hunter had become the hunted. Without wasting time, the Boeotian League authorities started a massive crackdown on the democratic dissidents inside the main cities of the Boeotian League. The operation was so effective that the rebels were quickly silenced. As a result, the pro-democratic forces were unable to help the Athenian invasion. When Demosthenes' expeditionary force reached the city of Sipae, the Athenian general observed that the rebels failed to deliver the city to him. More importantly, the city was well garrisoned and fortified by the Boeotians. Demosthenes could have decided to lay siege to the city and attempt to conquer it. However, the Athenian general made a decision that will negatively influence the entire Athenian campaign. He ordered the withdrawal of the expeditionary force, thus failing to achieve any objective. Now about the Boeotian strategy. After the failure of the of Demosthenes' expedition, the Boeotian army was free to concentrate all its forces for a big decisive battle against Athens. They have assembled their army around the city of Tanagra then marched at full speed to reach Delium. Unfortunately for the Boeotians, the Athenian army already seized the sanctuary of Apollo and fortified it. The aim of the Boeotian army was now to liberate the sanctuary of Apollo and to expel the Athenian armies once and for all from Boeotia. In the beginning, the grand majority of the Boeotarchs opposed the idea of attacking the Athenian army, considering that the Athenian army was officially out of the frontiers of Boeotia. Also, most of the commanders from the Boeotian League 
thought that a battle would not be very wise decision. Only one brave Boeotian commander, Pagondas, son of Aeolidas, had the courage not only to confront the other ten commanders from the league, but also to impose his will. With his oratorical skills, Pagondas offered a very motivational and inspiring speech, and manages to persuade the other ten Boeotian leaders that the time for the decisive battle against the Athenians has arrived. Now about the opposing armies at the Battle of Delium. According to the most important source for the Peloponnesian War, the Greek historian Thucydides, the Boeotian army consisted of 7,000 hoplites and around 10,000 light troops, 1,000 cavalry units and 500 peltasts. Being a confederacy, the troops were recruited from the main cities of the Boeotian League. The League's army was commanded by a committee of 11 generals, known as Beotarchs. Thebes, being the most powerful city of the Boeotian League, had the honor to hold two Beotarch positions, meaning that it had a bit of a influence over the decision-making. On the day of the battle, according to the same historian, the Thespians, Tanagrans, and Orkomenians, these were people from the cities of the Boeotian League, were positioned on the left flank of the Boeotian army. The center was defended by the troops from the cities of Haliartians, Coronians, and Copaians. The bulk and the elite forces, mostly Thebans, were strategically placed on the right flank in an ingenious formation and unique by then. Unlike the center and the left flank, where the hoplites were assembled in formation of eight ranks deep, the right flank of the Boeotian army was 25 ranks deep. With the right flank being stronger than the others, most probably Pagondas hoped to gain quickly the upper hand against the Athenian left flank and then exploited with later flanking maneuvers. The strength of the Athenian army led by Hippocrates is not mentioned by the Greek historian, but according to other experts is usually estimated to be around 50,000 troops. Now, the day of the battle. The Athenian army reached the shrine of Apollo near Delium in three days after they started their march, as earlier mentioned. Once the sanctuary was occupied, the Athenians began to fortify the area by digging trenches, building wooden towers and walls. The fortification works lasted for two days. After the fortifications were completed and a garrison was established, Hippocrates ordered the retreat of the army back to Athens. While retreating, units of the Athenian army learned that the Boeotian main force was nearby. Upon learning that the Boeotian army was close, Hippocrates marched with the majority of the Athenian army to the battlefield and left only 300 cavalry units to defend the temple of Apollo. Without wasting time, Pagondas and the Boeotian army seized the high ground in front of the Athenian army. Most commanders in this situation would have wanted to hold the high ground because of the advantages 
defensive position. Surprisingly, Pagondas ordered his troops to charge against the Athenian lines. The Boeotian attack coincided with Hippocrates' speech to his own troops. The Athenian commander and his army were initially caught by surprise. Though surprised, the Athenians fought, up, fought back and put up a brave and valiant resistance. While Pagondas' right flank, with its deep hoplite formation, was slowly crushing the Athenian left flank, the center and the left flank of the Boeotian army were crumbling. The center and the left flank of the Boeotian army, unable to resist against the Athenian hoplites, were forced to gradually fall back, but didn't quickly collapse. Tugidides does a special mention about the heroic resistance of the Thespian troops, who chose to fight to the last man. While the other troops who were supporting them had retreated, the Thespian resistance prevented the immediate collapse of the entire left flank of Pagondas' army. Unfortunately for the Thespians, they were surrounded by the Athenians and completely annihilated. The last stand of the Thespians, though, was not in vain, for two main reasons. First, it bought precious time for Pagondas and the right wing of the Boeotian army. Secondly, it inflicted additional damage to the Athenian troops. The, the intensity of the fight was so great that during the encirclement the Athenian soldiers started to kill each other due to the confusion. Apparently, the Athenians didn't have distinctive signs on their shields. This moment probably is one of the first cases in history of friendly fire. With the collapse of the center and the left flank, the Boeotian army, it appeared that the Athenians gained the upper hand, but soon the situation would dramatically change. Pagondas, aware of the danger of encirclement, ordered two squadrons of cavalry to go around the hill and assist the center and left flanks, who were in danger of being overrun. This crucial decision will change the entire outcome of the battle. When the cavalry of the Boeotian army arrived to assist the center and the left flanks, the Athenians mistakenly thought that they were the on, only the first units of a much greater army and started to panic. The panic of the Athenian soldier quickly transformed into a general retreat, and eventually even the left flank of the Athenian army gave hope and run. The Boeotian army, led by Pagondas, was now in control of the battlefield. The Boeotian losses were minimal, around 500 soldiers, according to Thucydides. The Athenians lost approximately 1,000 troops, including their commander, Hippocrates. The Athenian disaster of Delium could have been greater. Most of the Athenian army manages to escape because the Thebans choose not to pursue them, most probably because the battle ended during the night of the same day. The Athenian survivors either fled to Delium or the city of Oropus, while others chose to take refuge to Mount Parnes. With the collapse of the Athenian army, the Boeotian regrouped around the city of Tanagra and planned the siege of the Athenian garrison around the fortified temple of Apollo. After receiving additional reinforcements, 
approximately 2,000 hoplites from Corinth, javelin throwers and slingers from the Malian Gulf and a Peloponnesian garrison from the city of Nisaea, the Boeotians were confident that they could now crush the Athenian defenses. Initially, the Boeotians tried to storm the fortifications but failed to achieve any quick progress. The situation dramatically changed when an unknown Boeotian proposed the construction of a siege engine, which according to the description offered by Thucydides, resembles to a primitive flamethrower. With the help of this ancient wonder weapon, the Athenian garrison was quickly ousted from the fortifications. During this siege, several defenders are killed, and another 200 Athenian soldiers were captured. The recovery of the Temple of Apollo by the Boeotian League, which took place 70 days after the victory of Pagondas, is considered the official end of the Battle of Delium. Now about the importance and consequences of the Battle of Delium. Why is this battle so important? First, it represents the first major setback for the Athenians and their allies during the Peloponnesian War. Second, the defeat of Delium proved that the Athenian land forces were inferior not only to the Spartan elite hoplites, but also to the land forces of the Boeotian League. So Pericles was right that he, when he insisted on strategy based on naval raids and defense of the strategic cities of the Delian League. Now, another important aspect. The Athenian defeat at Delium marked the failure of the Athenian strategy to convert and subdue the allies of Sparta. The Athenians failed to change the balance of power in their favor. The Boeotian League preserves its independence and continues to remain the most important ally of Sparta. The Boeotian League becomes a major power during the Peloponnesian War. The victory achieved by Pagondas and his army will help bolster the morale of the Spartans and convince them to continue the war efforts against Athens. By wasting the opportunity to submit the Boeotians, the Athenians will be forced to fight on two fronts until the end of the war in 405 BC. The supply lines of Brasidas' campaign in northern Greece remain intact. This in turn will result in the loss of more satellite city-states for Athens. Brasidas' successful military campaign in northern Greece will culminate with the siege and capture of the strategic city of Amphipolis. The failure of capturing and integrating Boeotia into the Delian League meant that the Athenians will have to focus more on their naval raiding strategy. The Athenians will never attempt another grand-scale expedition like this until 415 BC. Remember, Sicilian expedition, which ended with another major disaster for Athens. Though a great victory for the Boeotian League, the victory at Delium didn't immediately impact the outcome of the war. The Athenians still controlled the seas and they were still safe behind their city walls. 
The Battle of Delium is one of the first recorded military battles in history where innovative military tactics like flanking maneuvers with the help of cavalry units are used to obtain the ultimate victory. Pagondas' victory at Delium will later be used as a source of inspiration by another Theban leader. By his name, Epaminondas, who won another major battle against the Spartans at Leuctra in 371 BC. Now, bonus information. Quite interesting. Pagondas, the leader of the Boeotian army, mysteriously vanishes from the pages of history after the decisive battle of Delium. Demosthenes arrives a few days later after the victory of the Boeotians with his expeditionary force, but like his colleague Hippocrates, he will quickly be defeated by Pagondas. Hope you have found this podcast interesting and informative. If yes, please subscribe to my podcast for more. Have a very good day.